Hey, welcome to the Hellfighter Podcast, where we speak fire and best believe we counterpunch demons. Your host, the veteran, John, a.k.a. The Ghost, the oil field mechanic, Juan, a.k.a. Spidey Juan, and myself, the fireman, the Venom Chris. Together we face issues head on and come out victorious. Stick with us and join us in our fight against mental stress. And let's do this, baby. Cancer therapies may have debilitating side effects and in some cases may cause irreparable damage to your body. Cancer affects not only you, but also your loved ones, and this causes you additional emotional distress. Many cancer patients go through episodes of depression. Depression makes your entire experience with cancer more difficult, weakens your resilience, and may hamper your overall adjustment. It also can undermine your will to live and compromise the courage fortitude, and determination that you need to face cancer and endure the necessary medical treatments. That's an article from med.stanford.edu. So today we're going to talk about the difficult times that cancer and such illnesses brings to people that are suffering from such mm-hmm. illnesses and things <laughs> but uh before we do i'll introduce myself the venom chris with me my homie spidey juan and the sound tech slash google researcher slash <laughs> the rocket adrian what's up good to be back here <laughs> today guys we have a very interesting story Adrian here is going to share his struggles yeah. that he went through when he had a a very bad illness, right? Yes. We're pretty much going to talk about cancer. <laughs> about cancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Indeed. We want to thank you guys for listening and for, you know, staying with us for these, for the last four episodes that we have published and now, and now the fifth one being this one you guys are awesome and your feedback is being heard for sure we did hear a couple girls say <laughs> that um we should maybe hear <laughs> a girl's point of view when talking about uh, the relationship issues that we had like as far as you know my baby mom's issues and um the last episode when john talked about his relationship you know, I feel like, of course, there's, you know, we're only hearing John's side of the story. It can be a little difficult to explain 100% of the stories mm-hmm. that we that we say. Uh, but as far as John's case, I really do believe that he was a really, really, really patient guy. Up until the end, you know, he came back a different guy. He changed a little bit. He just... His patience ran out a little bit and he's he gave up. I mean, he said it himself. He gave up on the marriage. And he's not here <laughs> right now to to talk about the matter. He's working or whatever. It can be hard. It can be hard to, to talk about your mistakes, to talk about what went on in a difficult time. Mm-hmm. But I know that 
he really hated himself. Yeah. Post divorce. He hated himself for a lot of the shit that he did not do. He he gave up, man. He he gave up on that marriage. Um but it's like he said if if he knew that both people were going to benefit from the from the split then it ended up being the better choice. You know, it ended up being the right choice. So, who knows? I mean, maybe he he just had that feeling like it was just over. You know, and once you have that feeling of it's over, you might as well just end it because you're not going to live happy. You know, you if you already have that thought in your head where it's like, you know, fuck this, I don't want to be here anymore, you might do something stupid and then just make everything worse. And you take it from me. You know, I'll be the first one to say it. I'll be the first one to fucking say it. But, I mean, I'm glad he's happy now. <laughs> and as far as today, we're going to get away from the whole relationship uh <laughs> Yeah. On the whole relationship topics. And we're going to dive deep on a different type of stress and depression. And that's gonna that's going to be from the medical point or the medical side of things. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Adrian is my little cousin. I've known him more all of his life. <laughs> <laughs> he's younger. Um he's been through a lot. He he was always, you know, as a little kid, he was always that that fucking little kid <laughs> that ran around everywhere and, you know, he always wanted to play and he always wanted to jump and punch you in the fucking nuts. And <laughs> He still kind of does that every so <laughs> He was always so fucking short. I mean, he's short right now, but <laughs> he was like <laughs> half my size. So short. <laughs> when I was, you know, 15 years old, he was like half my size and he just... You know, he'd get mad or whatever, and bah, he'd, he'd punch you in the nuts. Or, oh, shit. Or he'd like Man, dude. freaking hit you with his head and yeah. right in the stomach or whatever. Old habits die hard, huh? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Um, he was always, what I want to get at is that he was always that, that happy kid that, you know, he always wanted to fuck shit up and stuff. And we're all kids, man, back then. We're all into sports. Growing up, we all got into music. We, we you know, we... I play the drums. He plays the drums. Um, Jonathan grew up playing guitar or whatever. And we, you know, we were in church. We, we grew up in church, right? Yeah. So as we got older, we became adults. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get married before the whole thing happened or well, after? Actually, well, I got cancer twice. So the first time I got it, I was not married. I was between 19, 19 and 20. That's the first time I got it. And then after three years, it came back. And it was within the first year of my marriage. I did not even... I had maybe like four or five months mm-hmm. into my marriage. Were you fully... Well, how long was it from when you were fully recovered and then when you got married? Back? It was like three years. Because oh. hmm. yeah, the first time I got it, um, it was weird, bro. It was really weird. I remember I remember when well, they, I've, I've known you mm-hmm. for a while as well. And I remember they told me, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was like, I don't know her, bro. Yeah, I was like, what? That's, it's 
just I mean, it would catch anybody off guard. I imagine how much caught you off guard. Yeah, it's because like at that time, so I, I I had a job right in a warehouse, and um, this morning, well, I was like, I just woke up and I had this pain on my ribs on my left side of my ribs. I was able to take it, so I would mm-hmm. go to work still. Like every little, like if I make too much force, I, I would trigger it. Like if you were sore or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. Yeah, and then if I was like that for like about a week. And then this one morning, I woke up, and I get my phone. I went in at 8.30 at the time. I see the time, and it's 8.15. So I'm like, a la verga. Like, I wake up, and I get off the bed, like, quick. And I just felt a pull away, like, bad. And I couldn't get up. And then I remember my mom being there, because I lived with my mom. It was just me and my mom living by ourselves at that time. And my mom thought I was... My mom would always say, eres un actor. Yeah, he's just playing. He just playing. Yeah, and I was just like, I'll chill it. Like, I can't take this, this fucking pain. Like, I really can't. I'm the guy that does not like going to hospitals, does not like seeing doctors. But I was like, Mom, you got to fucking take me. I'm not playing around. And she took me, and then the doctor came back. They did all these scans, tests, all this shit. And then after a while, the doctor just came back with bad news. He's just like, hey, you have cancer. It's this non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And we're going to figure out how to treat it. That, that was th- that was at the ER? Mm-hmm. They told you all that in the ER? Mm-hmm. And you said, what was your first symptom? I, I just pain. had uh, rib pain. Rib pain. Oh, up here. Yeah. Left upper yeah. quadrant. Damn. Did you have like an idea of what it might have been? Maybe like. I don't know. Did you go worked out too hard or something? I, I thought I I thought it was I probably lifted something heavier than You should have like a hernia type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Like I was thinking, but I was just like a hernia like on my ribs. Like that's weird. Yeah. But I was just like, nah, like a rato se me quita. Like I I just took that approach. Hmm. But then that random day, bro. And in a way I feel like it all happened with a purpose, I guess, because I was like, I woke up late and I made that movement like so quick that it fucking pulled it real bad and I couldn't take the pain no more. Like in other words, like, hey, you got to go check this out now, yeah. like before it gets out of hand. Damn. But yeah, bro, like I remember that day I was with my mom, if I remember correctly. I don't remember because by the time like my wife, she was my girlfriend. I don't know if she had already found out if she had if she had already showed up to the hospital. I don't really remember that. But I for sure remember my mom being there. Mm-hmm. And when the doctor tells us that, but you know doctors, bro, like, I like to say they don't have feelings, but it's mm-hmm. not that they don't. Yeah. It's just that they have a job to do, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's they see it all day, every day. Exactly. Can, I mean, it's, it's, it's like anybody can get used to anything. Exactly. Can I make a little analogy real quick? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, fuck. Now, you know what? It's going to sound very inhumane. <laughs> but... <laughs> It is, it is what it is. So I work with doctors. You mm-hmm. know, I I work in the ER, and it it is it's it's a little hard. I don't want to say that they're they don't care, but it's just like at the end of the day, that person, yeah, it sucks, but he's not your family member. This exactly. is work. If you if you're gonna feel like shit, if you're gonna get depressed over every patient that you lose. Mm-hmm. Imagine the fucking life that you're gonna have. Yeah. yeah. 
That's you have to I like, like detach yourself from you do. The, the, the emotionally be, detach. Yeah, you need to emotionally yeah. detach yourself in order to perform. As cold as that sounds, yeah. It 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 needs to. You need to have that coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. You get me um, to do your job for the next patient that's coming mm-hmm. in. Yeah, yeah. You like, know? So it, it's it is hard, and and I've seen um I've seen doctors literally go and. Tell family members, hey, your family member is dead, and then just walk out like of nothing. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, I mean, I don't blame them, man. Like, hey, you understand them. I understand. Like, it's their job. It's what they get paid to do. And after so many cases, they're already they're like, ah, eh, just fuck this. Just another day at the office. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, from your point of view, you need to, you know, you you need to see it. You know what? You need to make sure that you ask. Everything that you need to ask. Yeah. Make sure you get a hold of that doctor. Make sure you get a hold of anybody. You fight for you. You research for you. Because at the end of the day, medical personnel aren't going to give a fuck. You get me? Not as yeah. not as many fucks as you do. You're the patient. Mm-hmm. You should care the most about you. Because nobody else is going to care about you the way you care about you. Yeah. You get me? But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the the doctor comes in and he's like, "Hey, you, you have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma," and the first thing that pops to my mind, I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" So and he, and I was, so I asked, "I'm like, what's that?" He said, "Oh, it's it's a it's a cancer." Say, and you have uh, stage four, and I was just like, I just like took it in, you know, like. I stayed quiet, but my mom lost it. My mom started crying, and that's what got me, bro. That that's what got me. My mom is the thing that got me. And um, so the doctor, I like, I'm assuming he sees my mom lose it, and he's just, I gotta get the fuck out of here. So he gets out. I don't blame him. So I just tell my mom, dude. I'm just like, mom, I know it's hard news. I'm trying to take it as best as I can. But if I see you cry like that, it's not going to help me. Yeah. And she didn't stop at the time because, I mean, I had to let her go through her little yeah, thing, you know. But eventually, it. like, she kind of fought it. And we went from there, man. And that was, like I said, that lasted like around no more than six months, man. I want to say five or six. I had a couple sessions of chemo and all that. And boom, it went away. And uh, I just kept seeing the doctor every once a month. And it was all good. Uh, Real quick. So non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is actually cancer of the lymph nodes. Yeah. uh, Cancer in the lymphatic system, which is the lymphocytes. They're pretty much white blood cells. Mm -hmm. They're like the defense cells. Yeah. And what happens is you start overproducing lymphocytes you start getting masses in your lymph nodes yeah and that's what happened the second time that i got cancer and that's how i knew i had it because after three years like i said it was within five six months into my marriage and i just got a huge ball under my armpit 
huge and it was uncomfortable. And when when I first noticed it, I was like, fuck, man. Like, I got this shit. Like, I got it again. And I, I knew it. I knew it. And I didn't want to go to the hospital. And then I went to the doctor once I got a big ball on my fucking neck. So I was just like, chinga. Like, ya me va a ver todo boludo. I was like, might as well fucking go to the doctor. Yeah. And um, so I go and then, yep, it's the same thing. But this time it was more serious. Aggressive. Yeah, it was more aggressive. And the doc, the, I, I went through, I don't know, I want to say I had chemo here five times a week. Damn. One week, it was one week on, one week off. And Why, because it, it was so intense or what? Yeah, and it was four sessions. So four weeks, literally from Monday through Friday. And I had to show up at seven. Start everything, and I wouldn't leave till like three. Damn. Just sitting there, getting all the, all the chemo. Eh? How would you get the chemo? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, the cath. Yeah. You, you oh yeah. The, the cath on the. the chest. Yeah. Like the how catheter? would it? How would you? Catheter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they would infuse it through a catheter, which I still have. Mm. Um. But yeah, man. Um, I went through all that. But it wasn't doing shit. So they're like, hey, uh, we're doing all we can, but we don't have the medicine. We don't have the doctors. And all this shit isn't doing shit to you. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to send you to San Antonio. And um, so I go with the process. Start losing my hair. All that. And that's when it kind of like hits you, man. That's where I I remember, man, like when I first got sick, um, it just went too quick. Uh, so I was expecting the same thing. Like, oh, I'm going to get out of it real quick. Yeah. And um, I wasn't losing my hair like during the first session, right? Or towards the end of the first session of chemo, um, the, I started losing my hair. And I remember being in the shower and just watching my hair fall off. So this is how how long in from when you got told again, hey, you it came back. That was about a month, like a little over a little over a month. So you got told, you know what, you got cancer again. It came back a month later. You're already losing your hair. Mm-hmm. And did that make you feel like sad, like depressed? Did it make yeah. you feel like worried that, how did it affect you? It affected me because I thought I was done with that. That And uh, like I said, I remember being in the shower, a normal day, just putting shampoo, taking it off, and then just having hair falling through my face. And I would see my hands full of hair. And I was just like, chinga, And I lost it. Like, I did break down. I started crying in the fucking shower. And um, I remember I got out of the shower. I dried myself and everything. And my head looked like a... I still had hair, but it was just really thin, man. Yeah. It's like when you're old and you already see, like, oh, you could see the yeah the baldness, I mm -hmm. guess. 
So then I remember I didn't want to get out of the restroom, man. And uh, and then in the restroom, I had everything. So I just I just took all my hair off, like whatever was left. I started shaving it off. And then when I got out, my wife was just like, why did you do it? Why did you shave your head before it even fell off? And I was like, it, it already fell off. It was falling off in the shower. I just wanted to get it through it. That um, that image that you saw in the restroom in the mirror, it's, I'm sure it's going to be one that you'll always remember. Yeah. It sucks because a lot of people go through it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that are going to, that are going to hear you say it and you're going to, you're coming out, you're talking about it and we appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. your words right now, man, how, how you say that you broke down in the shower. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah. But there's people out there that they're going to relate to that shit and they're going to, they're going to know, you know what, like I went through it. They have family members that went through it and passed away. Yeah. You know, um, we appreciate you sharing your story right now. When did you, how, how long were your treatments before? Because I know that eventually you did get admitted into the hospital, right? Yeah. So here in Laredo, I would just go Monday through Friday. It was like, I went between quotes, like a job, I want to say like an eight to five. But I was going in at seven and coming out like around three or four. And uh, I would just go to do my chemo. I would go do my chemo from Monday through Friday, one week on, one week off. And that was four, four times, four weeks total, I want to say. And after that, the doctor just told me, hey, this is not doing shit. We're going to have to send you to San Antonio because we don't have the technology or we don't have the medicine or whatever. The capabilities to. Yeah. And it wasn't killing shit. And um, so in a way, it was like a prenup like to what I was going to take in San Antonio, I want to say. That, that kind of prepared me, I want to say, for everything I went through in San Antonio. When I was hospitalized over there, they... they they told me I had to be there for an entire month. And it sucked, man, because I got there like the beginning of December. So I spent Christmas, New Year's there. And um, what year was this? 2019. 2019. Yeah, like, that was, that right was like when I got year. out, the hospital COVID started. Yeah. <laughs> I think like everybody was going through their shit that year. Yeah. <laughs> That's the year that I fucking was in deep depression. I think, I don't know. Well, Jonathan says that that's the time that he was going through Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. But, so you were in the hospital for a month. Right? Mm-hmm. Whole, beginning of December and beginning of January. They started you with what, radiation there or what, what was it? Uh, chemo. They, it first started with a... Uh, they, I was going to get a bone marrow transplant, which I did get, right? So they wiped out my system. They took out the bone marrow. And then I went through all the chemo without a bone marrow. Then while that was going on, they didn't want me to use 
because apparently my bone, I don't know how to describe it, but my bone marrow was good. So the doctor was like, you know what? We're just going to freeze it. You don't need somebody else. Somebody you else. You need a transplant. Exactly. It's like, so we're just going to freeze them the whole time you're here and it's going to kill anything that's on it and just put it back in you. So this whole time, the first couple sessions of chemo there weren't that bad. Like, and the way I was thinking, I was just like, you know what? Nah, I could handle it. It's not kicking my ass. It's, it's all right. I, I, I would get tired. I would get sleepy. I would lose my appetite a little bit in the beginning. But it was just, I thought it was manageable. And um, right there, it was just, during those times, it was just me and my wife. So we had a good, she helped a lot. It was a really good, I guess we bonded over that. It's really, it was really something really tough. And we, she was there the whole time. So shout out to her. And um, my family would go on the weekends from Laredo to over there to go visit, be there for a bit. And they would just be there for a bit because they couldn't stay in the room and stuff. But yeah, like the the times that they would go, I would get distracted. Was you all know my brothers, my brothers, how you got on the palo. <laughs> and um, it, it, it helped a lot. But then after the first two weeks or like a week and a half, it started getting really bad, dude. I, my body wouldn't take it. I, I, like I felt like a big, like I didn't have an appetite, but I felt this knot in my stomach, like legit. And it was just like a nasty feeling. It was a nasty feeling. And plus, with all the medicine coming in and all that, like, I had a weird taste in my mouth the whole fucking time. So I would get grossed out just by swallowing my own saliva. And it would make me puke. Like, sometimes I would drink Gatorade. And as soon as it would go in, I'd puke it. Really? It it was bad, dude. And um, I remember times when my family would go... And I felt like shit. I felt like shit. I didn't want to be with anyone. I just wanted to just be laying down, suffering by myself. But I would see my mom come all the way from Laredo. My you knew brother, they had taken the trip. And- exactly. And I will see my, my aunt, my, my uncles coming. And I'd be like, fuck, man. Like, they're coming all this way. Like, And in my head, I, was, I, I would think... That, People are busy. My family members are busy. They have a life. We're all adults. They all have. They all have their shit to do. They're taking the time out of their day to come see you. Exactly. So you feel when, obligated to. Yes, because in my opinion, my wife would ask me like, "Your cousins aren't coming. You don't know anything." I'm like, "Babe, like, don't even get to that. Like, I know they're busy. They're busy. I don't want them coming. I don't want them seeing me like this either way. They know me a certain way, and I don't want them to have this picture of me. Yeah, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah, I'm a very reserved and proud dude, I guess. I wouldn't... Something I need to fix, you know, but I I care about my self-image to yeah. the point where it's like, if somebody was to see me in a fucked up state, 
I probably wouldn't want to be seen. I'd I'd want to be alone. Yeah. I'd probably tell my family, you know what, just leave me here. I don't yeah. I don't want to fucking see any of you. But I think I think that goes for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, we I don't want to we'd want to be seen in our a, weakest moments. Yeah, vulnerable. We yeah, don't want to yeah, we don't want to yeah. look vulnerable. You know, and it it's normal. You know what I mean? It's 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 something that just I've because it's just you know us as men. Yeah, like say. it just if you ask any guy, you know, would you want to be, you know, in this very vulnerable position, and then everybody not saying that they were bothering you or anything like that, but would you want to be approached? No, you know, you want to be left alone. You want to deal with those things by yourself. Yeah. I, I know some guys that you know. Growing up, they were they were very active. They were athletic, and now they came up with some illness. They came down with some illness, mm-hmm. and due to that, they can they can't move or act, or they're just not the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it can totally take a toll on you mentally. Yeah, yeah. when you're used to a Definitely. certain image of yourself. Yeah, right? yeah, or to a certain routine. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it tough. changes. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. How did how did you respond to that? Like you saw your your body changing, I, but you can no you could no longer be that guy that was playing ball all the time. Yeah. You saw yourself getting thinner, skinnier. Yeah. Um, I remember you know your skin got a little bit you know it, gray, it had a weird yeah grayer yeah. What what did you like? What were your thoughts? I thought death was on me. Literally, I thought. Just that death was waiting for the moment to take me. Were you were you giving up on life or were you just waiting to see mm, if it would? Take I was just waiting to see if it would. I, it, for example, um, I I noticed I started getting weaker. I how couldn't. So? I'm sorry to interrupt, but how, how did you notice you were? Just by weaker. standing, my legs standing. would start just Damn, shaking. Just standing. Yeah, Damn. and uh, holding a water just started getting heavy, mm. shit like that. I mean, this is a reality. This is going to be a reality for every man, yeah. Because every man will come to that point in the road where you can no longer perform. Mm. You know, you can no longer, and not sexually, right? As <laughs> sexually as well, but <laughs> there's a pill for that, guys. <laughs> Physically, <A blue> pill. <laughs> and a black one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Right, no. My <laughs> mind is just. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, cannot... you're, yeah, you're definitely right. We, if a joke presents itself, I have to fucking say it. We have but, to. Um, you know, in every man's life, you're gonna get to that point, dude, where mm-hmm. where you're gonna be old and you can't, you can't do what you used to. Yeah. You know, you might, and as a man, there might be that point in life where, and hopefully not, but stroke, you know, yeah. heart attack. You might survive them, but you won't be the same. Yeah. So I feel like every man has has or will go through that at some point. Yeah. And it's it's very important that we don't take our physical abilities for granted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I man, sometimes I just I you know, and, and I've said it before, I wake up in the morning wanting to motivate myself, I say a prayer and I am so grateful that I can actually go to work. Yeah. As much as I hate work sometimes, I'm grateful that I can, I have the ability to walk and I have both 
arms, both hands, both legs, both strong you know, arms, both nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, yeah. I'm capable of performing at my job, and that's yeah. a huge blessing. Yeah, huge. I, I feel for all, all all the people out there that that can't. You know, I'm sorry that they have to go through that shit. I'm sorry that you had yeah. to go through that shit, mm-hmm. but I'm fucking grateful that you're better now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At a very early age, man. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's what sucked. You felt so young, but yet mm-hmm. so weak. Yeah, dude. And there was times my family knew how I felt, that I was weak, my wife too. And there was times that I would be, you know what? I'm going to get up or an example. Yeah. There was a water bottle on a counter, right? Like there in the room. Mm-hmm. I could have easily been like, babe, can you get me the water? Stuff like that. Yeah. But it was a mental thing that I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to get that fucking water bottle. Yeah, like a little challenge. Mm-hmm. And I would start getting up. Or my if my mom was there, my wife was there. What do you want? What do you want? What do you need? Don't get up. Don't get up. No, no, no. I'm getting the water. I'll give it to you. No, 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 no. Let me go get it. Like this water has been staring at me all day. Yeah. I get this month. It's like what I need is the challenge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't need the water. I need the challenge. Did you ever mm-hmm. like tell them that or you just kind of. I wouldn't tell them. I, I would tell my wife when we would talk at nights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's good. Um, But either way, she would see how it actually like. It was really hard for me to actually make that effort. effort. Yeah. yeah, I think it's also important, and and I understand why you you wouldn't communicate everything that you were thinking that you that you were feeling. But I think it's also important for the family to know what's going on in your head, because at the end of the day, they don't like they're just all they do is worry about about you about about their family member, yeah. and. Maybe it's important to, you know, tell them, you know, hey, you know what, dude, this is what I feel, yeah. you know, and I don't want to be seen right now. I just, I want to take today as a fucking challenge for myself. And, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> yeah. of course, every family is different, you know, but I think, I mean, I don't know. I I, no, I get you. I get you. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of benefits to express what you're thinking in that type mm-hmm. of situation, that would be because you knew, you know what, I got to do this for myself. So yeah. that was you, pretty much, just trying to fight what what you were going through. You know, what I mean, kind of yeah. give yourself. But I also challenges. feel like I also feel bad for my tia. You know that she yeah. she didn't know what you were thinking or yeah. what mm-hmm. was going on, and I can picture her not knowing what's going on. Get me having a million questions, and but, I feel like shit, dude, because I wasn't there. Yeah, you know, but. I, I wasn't there to explain anything. I was over there fucking wanting to kill myself. And <laughs> you know? I think so that like, year, that, yeah, that year was hard on everybody. But you think going back to that, you not expressing, or well, just to your wife, right? But like to your family, you think you were maybe just too drained. Like you, the, you were because you said you felt like death was on you. Yeah, you felt like you you just were emotionally, physically, everything drained. You you could just couldn't explain. Yeah. It was that and also because when I would have those talks at mm-hmm. night with my wife, I would lose it sometimes, man. Like yeah, I would cry. It's tough, dude. And 
my wife has seen, has seen me at my worst, literally yeah. breaking down and all that. But I didn't want my mom seeing that. Yeah. Because okay. I know my mom was really... She was the, vulnerable. She was in yeah. a fragile state. And yes. my wife, again, shout out to her, man. She was really strong, man. Like, I would cry and shit like that. And she was my rock, I guess you could say. Yeah. And um, she she would break down every once in a while, but she was mainly like, you know what? You came out of it once. You're going to do it again. Don't worry about it. You'll be good. That's shit good. like that. That's very good. Yeah. But I knew if I would tell my mom, I'm going through this, my mom would worry. Like, hardcore. Yeah. I'm not saying my wife didn't worry. She just didn't show it to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, she had a strong mindset. And um, somebody needs to be strong. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, I, I've always had that mentality as well, as where it's like, I can't break down if the person that I care about that is breaking down in front of me is breaking down. You know, yeah. then it's going to be both of us. Nothing is going to get, like, yeah. fixed. You get no I yeah. can't make you feel better if I'm... If you notice that I am breaking down too, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, when it comes to to my mom, I always try to be strong. I, when it comes to to my kids, I always try to be strong. And uh, I'm glad that she she kept that like strong mindset. Yeah, because a, a, a lot of a lot of girls don't do that. Like. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, it's because it's a tough situation. She, any girl could probably just lose it as well as the, the spouse going through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she was in a tough position. I'm pretty sure she did feel like, oh shit, he might pass away, but I have to be strong for him right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, not that every girl is like that, but I can totally picture a woman breaking down, mm-hmm. you know, and having the person that is sick tell her, hey, gonna be okay like i'm fine i don't i don't i'm good and even if i pass away dude who cares like i'm i don't feel pain right <laughs> you know <laughs> who cares I'm, 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 care. I'm fine <laughs> passing away and leaving this boat i, I yeah. don't know and it, even if it's the other way around even, even if it's the wife that's in, in her deathbed mm-hmm. and the husband i could totally picture the husband breaking down too like yeah. oh, i yeah. can't let you leave me right now please you know you need to yeah. fight and breaking down and then the wife being like, no, like, it's okay. No, no, but in your case, it was like, she was, she kept supporting you and kept yeah. making sure that your mindset was straight. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, it's good. It's Yeah, like that, that helped a lot. But there was times, like I said, man, some sessions were harder than others, man. They would drain the fuck out of me. And uh, there was times... Where she would continue trying to, I guess, motivate me. But I would just keep, I would keep saying, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to fight anymore. It's drained. Just let it take me. Fuck it. I I was done fighting, man. But some weird shit happened. I was in the hospital, right? And during the last sessions of chemo, I started having weird, um, how can I explain it? Weird vibes in the room, like spiritually. There was times where my wife would go 
out and go buy some food or go down to the cafeteria or whatever. How do you know they were spiritual? Um, I want to say because growing up in the church, you get like a, I want to say somewhat of a third sense or sixth sense, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on your beliefs, you're you're thinking that it was spiritual, right? Yes. That's what you believe, mm-hmm. that it was spiritual. And what were these vibes? Um, well, to begin with, hospitals are always cold, right? Mm-hmm. So there was times during during the chemo, mm-hmm. my body would get really hot. I had to be uncovered because if I would be covered, I would have those night sweats. I would have all that crap. And that's also a major thing in cancer. The night sweats also make you lose a lot of weight and also the 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 loss of appetite. So it it would get really cold, really fucking cold. And I just felt a sp- evil spirit there. And I knew it was death. Wait, so that one night, it got cold? Because um, you said that like you're the always last, hot. The, I was always hot. Yeah. Like during the whole sessions. But like the last couple sessions of chemo, I, I it was just... You'd get really cold. It would get really cold and I would have a sense that there was an evil spirit like the death there you just was, felt death so, was like there. you just felt like a weird entity in in the room or what? yes like a weird aura whatever you want to call it hmm. and um and it was weird man because that week a lot of my family went a lot talking your parents had gone a couple of days before. My parents, my tío Chico, my tía Vicky, uh, Gilbert, Canillo, a whole bunch of family had gone. My suegros, my my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, a whole bunch of family had gone. After the chemo session? Or- like that, that, that particular week when I was having oh, okay, those okay. weird vibes those so you're getting weird vibes you're feeling cold i'm feeling like i'm gonna die and, and then, then you're seeing all the family coming like them not consciously unconsciously visiting you saying their goodbye yeah you know what i mean yeah but i'm seeing all that and i know that's what's happening and i'm i'm fucking losing my mind but i'm keeping my cool in person but in my my mind was going 100 miles in, an in hour in your mind it's like this is it like everything yeah. is just it's Adding, painting that picture for yeah. for the ultimate yeah. end everything is <laughs> yeah dude and uh, I wouldn't tell my wife anything I, I didn't want to trip her out and that same week I remember going to the restroom dude and okay so up to now Everything can be speculated, mm-hmm. right? Um, you could be feeling cold because maybe your blood pressure is dropping. Yeah, you can be feeling a vibe in the in the room just maybe because you're getting a little bit extra anxious. You're getting all these thoughts coming in. You know, the family came in all at once, but maybe they were all free that <laughs> that one yeah. week. So up to now, everything can be speculation. Uh, you're just tripping balls. Mm-hmm. So what? Was what was it that was just like what the fuck is this? Like, was there a certain point where that made you 
think, was there anything that made you really open your eyes and be like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? Like, this is not right. This is not normal. Um, It's kind of hard to explain, but everything I did, I in the back of my head, it was just, I don't know if it was God telling me. And I feel like it was because I was like, like I told you guys, I was done, dude. I was done fucking trying to fight. And me, in my like when I would pray before going to sleep, I would literally tell God, you know, I'm tired. If you want to take me, take me. I don't want to go through this. I really don't. And it's like if God was kind of telling me, you know what, you're, you're asking for this. So I'm going to give you a whole bunch of shit. And you're going to realize that you don't want to die. You get me? He was mm. showing you what you wanted. Exactly. Like, this is what you want. Look at everything that you have. Exactly. Mm. But this, this, that one of those days, I go to the restroom, dude. And I just go because sometimes my face would just get really greasy and stuff. So there's once I, I go to wash my face. I'm there in the restroom and I look at in the mirror and I see myself and I did I legit did not recognize myself. And I took a picture of it. I mm. took a picture of my face and I still have it. And every once in a while I look at it because I don't want to be in that position yeah. again. And um, I see my face and I'm, I'm just sad dude I started like tearing up just looking at myself and I couldn't stop I was just looking at myself tearing up I see the tears coming down my face and then my wife knocking on the door are you okay is everything okay and I'm yeah 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 I'm good I'm good wash my face again and come back up and it was hard to maintain my cool while my family was there yeah because I didn't really care if my wife saw me cry. She had she had seen me all this time. Mm-hmm. And um, the day shit went down. It was, it was crazy, dude. I remember, well, my dad lives in San Antonio. My dad was there. My wife was there. And it was late. So I told my wife, hey, take my dad home. Like, take him home already. Mm-hmm bring some food, whatever. I don't remember exactly what happened. So she leaves, right? I stay in the hospital by myself. And I'm by myself, and um, shit starts going down. I get a weird vibe, and I I feel death in the room once again. But this time, that presence was, it was too hard. Like intense. It It was really really intense. intense. And I started getting scared. Mm-hmm. I started getting really scared. But there's this thing that I've learned. If you're scared, don't show the devil you're scared because mm-hmm. then he attacks you more. So I was scared as shit. But I was, no one was there, right, to see me, but I was just trying to keep my cool. I go into the restroom, man. And, um, I start feeling 
bad. I start feeling bad. And I remember I, I go in the shower. And I take a cold ass shower. I'll, in my mind, I'll, I need a cold shower. I need a cold shower. I need to get this feeling off of me. But it wouldn't go away. Then I remember getting out of the shower, dude. And I look at myself in the mirror. And then I just black out. I just black out. I'm out. I don't know for how long. No one was there. I wake up like it was. It's weird. I, I during that whole time I I was just seeing like a big ass bright light, and that's all I saw. Just a big bright light. Yeah. And then, boom! I I open my eyes. I'm on the fucking floor, dude. Piss all over the place, mm. and shit all over the place. Yeah. And I was weak as fuck. I I, I yeah. couldn't get up. I was. I don't know if you ever had like sleep paralysis, where you wake up in the middle of the night and you just can't fucking move. Yeah. Or talk. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. And I was seeing the shit. All the piss. And all the hospitals, all the restrooms have a little red cord that you yeah. can fucking pull when you need help. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pull that cord so fucking bad. But I did not want to want all these chick nurses <laughs> coming in, seeing me fucking naked, todo cagado, todo miado. So... With the ability I had, I was just cleaning that shit up. I was picking up my own shit. I wasn't even using toilet paper and shit like that. I was just fucking getting my shit and throwing it in the toilet. Yeah, like, was it like solid? Dude, it, I, liquid? It was in between. <laughs> it was liquidy as fuck. Uh, like a slushy? Yeah. Ooh. I tried it. Nah, I'm kidding. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I just, I picked it up. I started throwing it in the fucking toilet, dude. Yeah, the I, piss, obviously, yeah. I got fucking toilet paper. You stuck. clean your hands, obviously. Afterwards. Obviously. Yeah. And then, yeah, once I did that, I just pulled the cord. Nurses came in, what's going on? I feel like shit, blah, blah, blah. I smell like shit. Yeah, <laughs> literally, wait. I don't remember wiping my ass that day. Oh. <laughs> um, God damn. But, yeah, dude. But, so, like, the simple fact that you did it all, all on your own because you didn't want... I was. You didn't I want to be seen. I didn't want to. In the face of death, you still didn't. You still managed to clean all that shit up. Exactly. Literally. Legit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. You cleaned all that shit up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and dude. if I'm gonna go down, yeah, I don't want to. I want to go down like pretty. Yeah, rolling around in my shit. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. But I don't know, man. I just like I said. I just remember waking up and doing that, and I did it yeah. like unconscious. I just started picking it up. But in reality, I was too embarrassed. I was too much of a, unquote, of a man to be found like that. Um, so they they come in, all this shit goes down, and now I could think about. It was weird because I started thinking of my pastor, which is my aunt, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to tell her what I just went through. And um, I didn't call her that night. It was really late. I called her in the morning. But how did you feel after you went through that? How was your... 
uh, right after that, it was crazy, dude. It was really crazy because as soon as that happened, nurses came in. They were checking me, checking everything, like checking your blood pressure, checking everything they check. But after that, I wasn't the same person anymore, man. I I got like a burst of energy. And whatever was left of me in the hospital was just totally different. I had a, it was, I, it energized me. Did you feel better physically? Like you felt yes, better? Yes, dude. I felt a lot better. And it, I started doing shit that I wasn't normally doing. I started getting up, started walking around. Um, I started going, instead of taking, like I couldn't leave the floor to begin with. It was, uh, I forgot what floor it was. But I couldn't leave that floor. But I would go to the stairs and that set of stairs and of that floor, I would walk up and down those stairs like in my last days there. I, and I started noticing that I was getting a s- energy. I started getting, I was different. I had a different approach. And it also has to do with how I said I, I was I was giving up. I wanted to fucking die, literally. And then I basically did. And I realized that I didn't want that. So you, it was, so I'm trying to paint a picture here. You're you wanted to die, so then everything started pretty happening. much happening to where you, you were just going to die. Mm-hmm. You started feeling cold. You started feeling bad. You started getting this anxiety, this impending doom, which is actually a medical term. You started feeling that impending doom, mm-hmm. and then you got family coming over, saying their last goodbyes unconsciously, right? Mm-hmm. And then that happens. You just pass out, wake up, find yourself in shit and piss, which, by the way, is what happens when you die. You know, you die, you you release your bowels, you piss yourself. That's exactly how I found, how I personally have found a lot of patients, a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, dead in their shit, in their piss. Word of advice, die with an empty stomach. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh no, but he his no, was empty because he wouldn't oh, even. That's true. Where did that come from? You I, were eating I, something. I think it was. I like think the medicine. Medicine. Yeah. Ugh. So, all the chemo. I mean, I could see how, how you woke up, and you realized, had I been dead here, this is how I would have been found. That's how my wife would have found me. This is this, this is how my last week. This is how my life would have ended. Yeah. All the years of my life would have ended here in this bathroom floor. The week would have ended here. The day yeah. would have ended here. My life would have ended here in this shit puddle. Yeah. You know, in this pile of fucking shit. You know, and you yeah. realize, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So your mentality totally fucking changed after that. Yeah. It was really eye-opening i guess it it changed the perspective it, it changed how i was going about it for that for my rest of the time in the mm-hmm. hospital i and everyone would tell me too my mom my wife you have a different energy you're you look different and um would you say you were reborn you i felt like in reborn. a way because you felt like you were dying and then you got that sudden burst yes. of energy. So like you were... There's actually... You should know. Um, 
when you get a born marrow transplant, mm -hmm. you're basically there's a term that you're a baby again. So you're like reborn in a way. So because you're starting like your immune system is starting again. Yeah. Huh. So so medically you were reborn. As far way. as like an Im your immune system, yeah. And it's crazy, dude, because they say that your penis actually gets <laughs> reborn till you really? get a baby dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did that happen? <laughs> oh, no, don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Don't answer that. That's another. <laughs> that's shit. another episode. Hey, whip it out real quick. Let's see. Prove it. <laughs> right, out. Let me see. Oh my god! <laughs> you guys aren't seeing what we're seeing, but. <laughs> <That's kidding. laughs> It's like a tripod. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so you, but you, you yourself, you felt like you were a different person, different energy. Even your family saw that. So mm -hmm. you know, it's safe to say that you felt you were. Um, you had another take at life, yes. another chance. Yeah, and that, like I said, that whole time after what what that happened. Um, I took a different approach of it. It changed your perspective, yeah, on life. On life. I, I can totally see that, man. I can now, like, yeah. thinking about it, how you just got up and started cleaning all your shit. It's like maybe in the back of your head, subconsciously, you knew that you didn't want to be found that way. Yeah. So you got up and like, fuck this. And you just yeah. started like, without even thinking, just started cleaning everything, cleaning all. I, I feel like, I mean, if this was a story, like if this was a book, being yeah. a fictional book, mm -hmm. the shit, the piss, it's a metaphor. You're cleaning all the negative vibes, all the negative shit that fucking happened in your life. Yeah. It, yeah. Everything leading up to this point. Subconsciously, you woke up from the mo the lowest point in your life. The lowest point that you had in your life, you rose up. You rose up from that and you cleaned all that negative shit and you fucking flushed it down the toilet. And now you're fucking reborn. By my yeah. fucking balls, am I going to be found like this? Exactly. By my fucking balls, is my family going to see me like this? No, fuck that. You fucking rose up from that shit and you literally cleaned the shit up and you threw it down the toilet. And now you're a fucking new man and you're a better man for it. Everything that you fucking went through, now you're a better man for it. And they, yeah. you know, it's it's proven, and I'm pretty sure you know about this, is that when somebody goes through a high amount of stress, it actually makes them um, mature quicker. Yeah. Right? So would you would say you, were, you, you went through a lot of stress, a whole lot of stress. So you could also look at it that way, that up to that point, you had already gone through all that, and you... See where you where you're at, and you're like, "Oh shit, okay, let let me let me start cleaning literally my act up and you know my life, like you yeah. were saying, let me clean up my life and, and and you know grow from this, yeah, and whether you know the listeners out there, whether you believe in God or not, this is about a man who was literally in his lowest point of his life, and he felt that aura, he felt that that vibe, he felt that it was the end. And he literally had given up on life. He had said, this is, this is it. I don't want to do it no more. This is it. But then that week, those last few days happened. He literally 
fucking fell there on the floor. He was on the bathroom floor, the worst that he has ever been, laying unconsciously. And he rose from that and decided, you know what? This is not it. I don't, this is not going to be it. I changed my mind. Thank you, Father, for a second chance. And now I realize that I do not, this is not, this is not how I'm going to go out. Not like this. Not like this. Yeah. Um, And after that, I feel like how you were saying, I, I feel like I matured a lot. Yeah. And um, after that, I had a different view in life. And I was just really thankful that it didn't end. It was, it was eye opening. It was, it was just crazy, man. It was a crazy experience. And there's times even to now, um, and you guys are the first guys I'm telling. No one knows this. There's still times that I dream of that shit. Yeah, I was about to ask, and, have, you, have you ever dreamt about that? Yeah, there's times that I, I, and it's happened, like, I just tell my wife, no, I don't remember the dream. I don't remember or whatever. I'll be dreaming. And the whole time, I, I, I'll wake up in the middle of the night just like <laughs> fucking scared, shaking. Screaming, little freaking no, out. Yeah, and my wife wakes up. And she's like, "It's okay, it's okay. It's just a dream. It's just a dream." But she's not know. What I, she doesn't know what I'm dreaming, and it's it's something that I deal with. Um, but I mean, I'm good. It's just that horrible experience just comes to my mind every. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it, it's gonna unfortunately stick with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was very hard time for you so obviously it's gonna it's gonna be there for the rest of your life yeah just like me mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I mean think, shit dude that's that's I think, hard uh, who's uh, Anthony Johnson right he's the one that yeah he passed away from that yeah. the exact same cancer dude Anthony Johnson if People that don't the know U- UFC fighter, UFC fighter, Anthony Rumble. A really Rumble. good fighter, man. I love Johnson. that guy. Like, I love watching him. Yeah, he was a fucking beast, yeah. but yeah, such a nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, from what I saw in the articles that I would read and the interviews and stuff. Yeah, he he was really good. And when I saw that that news, and it was just recently, and it kind of hit me. I was, I just, it just came to my mind, like this man. Dedicated to the sport, really healthy, buff dude, works out, I don't know how many times a week, has a good meal plan, a good diet, and didn't make it through. Yeah. That, sometimes I'm just like, like, in my beliefs, I'm just, I just say God is just amazing. Yeah, you're you're very (laughs) fortunate. But I'm glad, I'm glad you're, you're better now. Yeah. Still here, roaming this earth. Better, healthier, just as good looking. Mm. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad you. you're a better I like person. That. I like that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, that was, that real was... quick, real quick. Tell me about the fucking weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes back to the medicinal. Nah, it wasn't medicinal. <laughs> nah, it wasn't. It was illegal. <laughs> But you said it helped with your lack it, of appetite, right? Yes, it it helped a lot, mm-hmm. and it caused a lot of problems with my wife. Even 
before we were married when I first got cancer. Um, in my head, I was like, I got all this. Mm. I'm going through all this because I'm not a good person. I'm not doing things right. So I stopped smoking because in my head, I was like, oh, I got cancer. Maybe it's because I smoked chingles. Yeah. So I stopped, right? And the first time I, like I said, the first time I got cancer, I lost, I was, I went into the hospital weighing in 140. I got out of the hospital. I was hospitalized for like a week. But I was, t- I was having those night sweats. I did not have an appetite. Mm-hmm. I got out weighing around 118, Damn. 115. So I got really, I was already skinny. So I got really skinny. And I wouldn't have an appetite. I couldn't eat. It was, I didn't have energy to do shit until I was just like, you know what? Every time I smoked, I got fucking hungry. What if? <laughs> so what if I I roll up a doobie <laughs> and I smoke? I mean, at this point, it's like, it's worth a shot, right? Yeah, I was like, fuck it. You got nothing to lose, right? Yeah. So. Boom, I, lung cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Triggered. Triggered it. Nah, but dude. One it, thing. It helped. Well, obviously, I did. I wasn't smoking papers or blunts because obviously it could cause lung, lung ca- cancer and all that stuff. Yeah. So I would hang out with some buddies of mine. And just rip the bong apart. Wait, while you were sick? Yeah. <laughs> because I knew if I smoked, Wait, I was but how? Get you were at the hospital? No, no, that, after I got out, the first oh, time I okay. got cancer. I was just, I got into the hospital for a week. I went through all the sessions or whatever for a week. I got out and I was just going to the doctor every so often to okay, get my the, chemo. Yeah, and then the second time? The second time, that it was a little. <laughs> it was a little crazy, but este, that helped. Well, backtracking a little bit again. So the first time when I was not married yet, I was 20, 20 something. No, I was 20 flat. I would tell my brother like, yo, I want to smoke. And he'd be like, no, that's pendejo. I'm not going to let you smoke. And this and that. So my brother, but he smokes weed too. He didn't want to let me, right? So I was like, bro, let just get me some weed and let's fucking smoke. Just don't think I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, my mom, mom is going to fucking kill me. Que la verga. Like, telling me so much shit. And I was like, bro, fucking get me that shit right now. Like, please. He'd be like, chinga madre, wey. Chinga madre, no entiendes. Y que la verga. Quieres que estar como yo. And I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> um, shit like that. And, um... Either way, I, I would tell him, dude, if I don't smoke with you, I'm still going to smoke with some homies. Regardless. So I did both. I smoked with him. I smoked with my friends, too. But it would give me the appetite, dude. Mm. And I would eat like a motherfucker. So I would get my weight back. And, and the first time I got sick, that made me... Um, It was crazy because I got rid of the cancer. The cancer left so fast, like in the span of a couple months, like right away. Yeah. And then the second time that I got cancer, well, I already had the knowledge. You know what? If I smoke, I might feel better. But sometimes my 
since it was more intensive or whatever, mm-hmm. sometimes I didn't feel like wanting to do shit or like even smoking. Like the thought getting of smoke, up, like coming the thought of you mouth. getting up and actually like putting the smoke into my mouth. Like it, it was a, I me daba asco a veces, you know. Yeah. It was just like I would think about it, I'd be like, Ugh. Ugh. yeah, and um. But there was this one time, my brothers go, and this shit was fucking funny, dude. Both of them? Both of them. They were there. And um, my older brother, he's just like, yo, I got some shit on me, but we can't smoke in here. And I was like, bro, I told you to bring a weed vape so we could smoke in here. He's like, but it's because I only brought weed. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck. Like, I, I have a pipe. And I was, just, I was like, we're not going to smoke in the fucking room, <laughs> And I couldn't leave. So you had told him to bring weed. You told him. I told him. Like a bring, pipe. Uh, bring a, a vape. Yeah, the the pens. They're called yeah. pens. Like bring a G pen or bring <laughs> a brought, wax pen. And he brought weed. <laughs> and I, at least it was fucking dro. It wasn't fucking Reg. If it was Reg, yeah. I'd be like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my sight. <laughs> okay, and then? So that that day it was fucking tricky because Did you actually leave the room? Yes. I couldn't I couldn't leave. I could get out of the room and walk around the floor, yeah, but I but could not yeah. leave the floor. Cause I had no immune system. Right. I had no immune system, so I was gonna get I could pick up anything that was fucking I don't know how many feet away from me. You're a baby. Exactly. <laughs> I just picture a baby like kind of like walking <laughs> with her little legs <laughs> all over the hospital. <laughs> so yeah, dude, like, um, I'm just, I told my brothers, you know what? We're going to get the fuck out of here. And during that time, because I was doing this behind my wife's back. So, because my wife, like I've said, we grew up in church and all that. She didn't approve of it. She didn't approve of it. So then where'd you go? My wife wasn't there. My wife went with my mom and my dad to bring food. Where'd you go? Uh, Me and my brothers went to the parking garage. (laughs) The most sanitary place in the house. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Get a guy. But it, it was funny, dude. Because I was like, bro, I'm going through all this shit. Ahorita, si alguien me quiere caer el palo de las enfermeras, que chinguen a su madre. Literally. So, I told my brother, you know what? You guys are going to sneak me out of here. I told my brother, let's go. Let's go outside. Like, but you can't leave the floor, we. And I was like, do you want to smoke or not, we? He's like, pues sí, pero no te puedes ir del cuarto. And I don't know what. I was like, let's just fucking go. So, I just put on a mask. I put on a jacket. Incognito. Yes. Damn. And um, I had the fucking, I had the port. I still have the port in me, but they, they leave, uh, they leave you something injected so it could just be easy for them whenever they want to put uh, saline or whatever the fuck. They just all connect it real quick. It's like a little, right, right. like a bendy straw yeah. that just stays you with their chingles of tape or whatever the fuck. Yeah. The, lo- the locks, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they won't have to fucking poke me every single time. Yeah. And it was a fucking long ass shit. 
So that shit was like hanging out of my fucking jacket. Wait. And uh, we we get the fuck out of the room. And I, we were looking around. My nurse, she was pretty straight. Like, she had me on my shit. She did not let me do shit. Hey, you have to stay in here. And this and that. She was Indian. That, that, not that it has anything to do with it, but I'm just saying. Like, she was just really strict. Yeah, strict, yeah. But she had to be. I yeah. mean, you've... You had Technic, cancer. Like, you had yeah. cancer, I mean. <laughs> uh, if she was, then we'd have to, you know, so be worried. I was kind of, like, excited because I was like, dude, this is the most action I've had this oh, whole really? time. Really? Yes. Mm. Not that type of action. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I, so yeah. we... I'm just like, come on, let's go. This is thrilling. Mm. And my brothers are like, fuck, fuck. If they catch us, what are they going to do to us? I'm like, no tan arrestar. They give you cancer as well. <laughs> <laughs> they inject you here. That's for helping them escape. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so okay, we're going to give you chemo, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have shit. We just fucking run to the... Not run, but we just fucking walk fast to the elevators. Boom. No one no one saw us. Everyone was busy doing paperwork or whatever. Complete. The fuck. Yeah. And then boom, first floor. Get all the way to the first floor. Yeah, once we get to the first floor, no one knows me. Then all the nurse, all my nurses are in that floor. We walk out. I had a binny, my mask, and we walk out. <laughs> and once we're out and we start, sm- we're, we start smoking. One of them doesn't smoke, and he was just like, like all worried. And then my older brother was also worried. I was a little worried, but I was just like, eh, I don't give a fuck. But then we get high and we're just laughing about the fact that we're out there. Like, no mames, te pasas de verga, güey. I don't know what. Hey, wait, you guys have me out here too. Like, don't just blame me. <laughs> um, and then, Camos el Palo, it was fun. Um, it was a... It was I a guess, little getaway yeah. from, from reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then during that time... Well, then the nurses are fucking looking for me. They're like, they they walk into the room expecting me. I'm assuming, because I wasn't there, obviously. I'm assuming the fucking nurse walks in like, <laughs> hey, Mr. H, what the fuck? Where's this, <laughs> where's this vato at? And I'm nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the fucking parking lot. Smoking with <laughs> passed out, shitting himself. <laughs> Damn. So they're like, oh fucking... God. Because it's a big-ass hospital. Like, the security there, they have security and they have cops. Like, the cops are like, hey, like, you guys have to go back inside. They're looking for you. And I don't know what the fuck. And we just go back inside. Man, and they didn't do shit. And I was, I was a little worried because I was like, fuck, they might tell my brother shit. Might want to take away his shit yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But no, they didn't give a fuck. They're just like, just go back inside. And, I don't know what. and we went inside. And then the nurse ratted me out. To my wife and my mom. <laughs> like, no, like he got out. I don't know what. And um, <laughs> they got after me, but I was like, yeah, I just want to go for a walk outside. I hadn't seen the outside in forever, which is true. Yeah. But I also wanted to enjoy. Did you threaten the nurse? Be like, you know what? I'm going to shit the bed and make you fucking clean it if you don't say <laughs> shit. If you say something, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, baby. But yeah, dude, those That's... were those were little things. Small victories, like yeah. we've said. So those things kept you going pretty much. Yeah. That's good, man. Because I can imagine how your brothers felt. I mean, at least the way 
I would have looked at it. I would have been like, what if something happens and I'm the cause of him yeah. getting even more sick? I mean, yeah. but, you know, let's not think about that. You know, let's think about yeah. the, good, the good things. Yeah, that's good. Things like that distracted me from actually feeling the way I felt. Yeah. And even now, like, I will have conversations, like me and my wife, and she doesn't like the fact that I did that, obviously. But it was just, I needed it. Yeah, you just needed um, to fucking de-stress. You know? Yeah. De-stress for a bit. But I'm glad you feel better. I think we'll pretty much wrap it up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you... I'm glad you're you're doing fucking awesome, dude. I see you now. You're looking awesome. You're looking sexy as fuck. Those <sighs> beautiful brown eyes. For those of you that don't know, he's uh, fucking ripped and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you you're a trucker. Yeah. yeah, it's badass. You're hauling trailers and making that money, man. And you just got a house too, right? Yeah, a little over a year ago. Fucking awesome, bro. I love it. I love it. For those of you out there going through something similar, going through emotional stress, physical incapabilities, you know, something that's just detrimental, an illness perhaps, we really hope that this encourages you to at least try to fight and try to win those small victories. Yeah. Try to try to look at things from a different perspective. You know, try to look at things from your family's perspective, from maybe a different point of view, maybe looking at yourself, leave your body. If you're on your deathbed and you see yourself not living too long, not living much longer, Maybe ask yourself, are you ready to call it to call it a life? Do you see yourself at the end, at the end of the road? Are you are you okay with the way your life ended? And if you're not, it's not too late to make at least a little bit of difference for all of those that care about you for the people that really matter you can still make a difference just with attitude alone effort I don't know I I, I really hope that you guys can get through your daily battles get through the night battles because I know that it's hard at night you know sometimes it's even worse at night yeah yeah it's I think what you're trying to say is like fight the good fight look at everything you have count your blessings Look at everything that you've done, everything that you've, you know, done in your life, all your accomplishments and everything. And think of what more you can do. Just remind yourself every day. That way you just keep putting that foot in front of the other and just little by little, one step at a time, you know. And uh, yeah, just keep your head up and just like we said, keep fighting that good fight. For sure, guys, that's going to be it for us today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you at least get some type of motivation from it. 
at least, you know, to survive the night, to survive the day, to survive the morning, the week, hopefully. We want you to know that we encourage everybody to speak up, talk about your issues, talk about it, whatever it is that you're going through. Um, if, if you don't have that somebody to express your feelings to, feel free to shoot us your story. You can reach us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can email us, uh, 956-impress-my-stress at Gmail. We provide links. We provide phone numbers in our description. We hope that that you get through your struggles and keep keep fighting, bro. Keep, keep fighting true. that fucking fight. Chin down, fist up, counterpunch your fucking demons. And it's going to be it for us. We're out, baby boys. One love, much love. Yeah.